Welcome to the Ultradent Products Podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Jones, and today we have with us our CEO and founder, Dr. Dan Fisher, who has tried to get me to call him Dan through the years, but for about 23 years I have stubbornly resisted. So, Dr. Fisher, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Melanie. Most kind to have me. I wanted to ask you today about a story I heard you tell recently about our toothpaste and the development of the toothpaste. Uh, you were mentioning something about our whitening being introduced in Newport Beach. And can you take the story from there? Sure. <clears throat> we had created through uh, the end of the 80s the, the opalescence, uh, first sticky viscous bleaching composition designed to hold a soft, thin scallop tray onto the teeth, uh, a tray that didn't even touch the gums, which was a departure from all designs prior. And for the first time, it brought comfort, and patients could bleach multiple hours if they desired, even through the night. And with, as was the norm, especially back then, and working principally with family, uh, we created enough samples of that to send it out to all dentists across America. Uh, some 120,000 dentists, complete with our own fourth-class mail sorting, so we took dump truck loads of the mail bags uh, to, to the post office. But within a two-year period, that became virtually the gold standard for tooth whitening, professionally supervised. And it caused me to think, you know, we really need a toothpaste now that will complement this great bleaching system. Mm -hmm. Because surface stains can add to discoloration, not only internal stains. But being a professional toothpaste and being used uh, in a high percentage by dentist driven for the ultimate of aesthetics, cosmetics, if you will. We needed a toothpaste that wouldn't be removing these external stains with high abrasion. Right. So uh, our, our young man over formulation, uh, a wonderful young uh, guy who had come to work for us when he was about 19 years old, uh, Peter Allred, uh, I enlisted him to work with me on creating this toothpaste. And we spent many an hour in the lab over about a year and a half, two year period. But we worked with the commitment that we were not going to determine the ingredients based on price. Mm -hmm. Virtually all of the toothpaste on the shelves today, they have to compete. The big companies have to compete one with another and just a few pennies difference can, can be a big deal. So we, we left the thought of pennies and competing with the big toothpaste uh, companies behind and we worked with the goal of creating the best toothpaste we possibly could and we brought in some fabulous natural sweeteners into it uh, uh, later we were able to incorporate even some high levels of xylitol into it but through that process it always involved with each batch that we were happy with loading some five to 10 cc syringes with the toothpaste and we'd give it out to employees uh, here in Ultradent and we were in our South Jordan building by then. So this was around 1992 to 94 that this was occurring. And we were really starting to feel pretty good with it but I, I shared with Peter and from the feedback and from my own use, and yeah, I had my wife Lainey using it, and we all had our family members using it and giving us the feedback that maybe we could get it just a little bit better. 
It's a little bit of an aftertaste, right? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you wanted it to stay with that fresh, lingering, uh, great mint and, and, and menthol to, to really freshen the breath and give that nice, slick, clean feeling. Uh, we'd incorporated into it, uh, for example, some ingredients used in dental materials uh, uh, that just aren't used in, in toothpaste, uh, some ultra-fine, small particle, but expensive uh, uh, silica particles uh, in the thickening process, which brought other values we, we learned later. But Peter and I figured, you know, let's just give this one more one more stab. So I said, Peter, you know, let's get together, say, at end of work, five o'clock. And it probably only take us a couple hours, probably until seven, and, and we should have a wrap on it. We'll have another batch. We'll load the syringes, and, and we'll distribute them. Well, Peter and I started working on it, and we worked on it, and we worked on it. And we would do small little laptop size uh, uh, batches and sample it ourselves. And uh, after you've used toothpaste so many <laughs> times in an hour or two, yeah, you, your mouth starts to feel it. And uh, at any rate, we finished at seven. Only it wasn't seven at night; it was seven in the morning. The next day. Did, the next day. <laughs> yes, but we really felt good. I really felt good until we walked out of the lab. And you know, I often say that we learn by making mistakes. Uh, Einstein said, make new mistakes. Well, sitting on Peter's desk was a dozen wilted red roses. And I said, Peter, what's that about? And he said, oh, I was to take my wife out to dinner last night for Valentine's. Mm. And a big lump hit me in the throat, and my heart kind of sunk into my belly. And I realized that to have such quality supporting employees that are virtually like sons, daughters, and the like it is really great, but that I really needed to increase my sensitivities so that I was asking enough of the right questions and not taking advantage of our people's good nature. And uh, yeah, that was a real learning experience for me as, as a president, as a manager, as a CEO, mm -hmm. uh, that just because you have passion and just because you're excited and you're gonna take it to the next level, at the end of the day, these are humans right. that you're working with and they're not robots and you don't wanna turn them into robots. You, you need them continuing with their great sensitivities and love and respect for the company. And for sure, I, I want to earn their respect. So, yeah, I, I had to make some big apologies to Peter and, and uh, work with myself to not just take off running down the railroad track <laughs> without sorting the waters a little more on each side. I think you called yourself the anti-Cupid or something. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it was nuts. It was nuts. Uh, yeah, uh, but we had other, other young men that, that would work umpteen hours. I mean, Neil Jessup, he was working in the warehouse and he was helping to move uh, product around to multiple locations. Uh, uh, he, he, he worked hard as well and 
he was married, he is married to my daughter, Dr. Jessup, and he's the vice president over research and development now. But many of these young people have helped grow Ultradan then. Okay, I'd like to think it's helped grow them with some experience and knowledge and the like. But a lot of a lot of wonderful young colleagues who are with us today have helped make Ultradan what it is. And hopefully I'm not quite the anti cube. <laughs> I, I should be more anti-stupid than anti-cupid. <laughs> You're yeah. not the anti-cupid, and the toothpaste makes your breath so fresh that you, you've got to be helping Cupid a little, don't you think? Well, I, I'd like to think so. It, it is a Valentine's story, but we have to take it in a backhanded way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, going back to the toothpaste, you mentioned low abrasion level. I have noticed on Amazon some of the other whitening toothpastes that are available Doctors are saying you cannot use them every day. Can you talk about yeah. that and then talk about opalescence toothpaste? Sure. You know, to have a toothpaste that's extremely low or with no abrasion, uh, you virtually have to use a cream that doesn't have abrasives, uh, possibly just a chalky powder, which really doesn't scour the external stains of, of wine and coffee and tobacco and uh, and just even fruit juices mm -hmm. and colas and that off, off of the teeth. So you're always working for that happy balance. Uh, there's been quite an increased interest in stannous fluoride in, in many toothpaste and, and with claims that it, it can bring other benefits. But if one looks at all of the stannous fluoride toothpaste that have become so popular, because that stannous fluoride has the capability of staining the teeth, uh, they have to incorporate larger particles uh, for the abrasive element. Mm. And so you look at the, uh, uh, the abrasive values and they can be 50%, 100% and higher than, than what would be ideal, what would be optimum in an abrasive. And that's one of the advantages of staying with something like a sodium fluoride because it doesn't stain. Mm -hmm. And so you can keep the abrasive particle smaller. You can uh, keep it down to uh, a, more, a more meaningful level. I would say that opalescence, it's not the absolute lowest in abrasivity, but it's one of the lowest and really optimized. So to be effective against the stains, but so to not abrade and dull the finishes on composites, mm -hmm. uh, on ceramics and the like for, for aesthetic type of restorations. And would you say it's safe to use every day? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I my family, most people use it morning and night. Mm -hmm. It would be much safer to use multiple times a day with that extremely low abrasivity than some of these other toothpastes that are much more abrasive. Mm. Um, you mentioned fluoride as well. I know that opalescence toothpaste has surprisingly high fluoride uptake compared to other toothpastes. Can you talk about that for a minute as well? Yes, we uh, years ago we were actually surprised at the at the level of, of uptake uh, of the fluoride into the enamel. And we found that it was performing extremely well for that fluoride uptake. And, and it's probably tied to some of these ingredients that, albeit uh, not cheap, they do bring a superior benefit. So it, fluoride is a, is a big deal with, with our aging populations. 
uh, with uh, people now my age as baby boomers, some 70 to 80 million of us uh, heading into older years. We have the increased incidence of root caries, dry mouth, and the like. And you've got to keep that oral cavity charged with fluoride. It is still the single most important ingredient. And, and okay, having high xylitol in the toothpaste helps like what's in our mm -hmm. opalescence. But uh, having something that one knows is very effective for fluoride uptake is, is a big deal as well. And fluoride uptake can vary among toothpaste. It, having, just having the same starting level of fluoride doesn't mean that they all uptake into enamel the same or into dentin the same as the other ingredients in the toothpaste have a lot to do with how readily that fluoride can be released and made available to the dentin and the mm -hmm. enamel. And yes, uh, with us aging, uh, with our aging populations, uh, we have more root exposure. Mm -hmm. And uh, with root exposure, that puts us at higher risk as dentin is just not as resistant to caries as is enamel. Uh, so that and with uh, drying of the mouth and whatnot, root caries is a significant challenge. So you wanna always be conscious of, yes, having something that gives a pleasing feel, a pleasing taste, fresh breath. Us humans by nature, we, we need that. But very, very important in a toothpaste is that it be able to deliver fluoride in a way that, can, that it can be taken up uh, in significant ways by dentin, by enamel. And yes, that it is going to be just abrasive enough to, to address these stains uh, that can build during, between regular dental appointments and, and obviously on regular dental appointments. The hygienist dentist goes in with the profi paste to scour more difficult stains off. But in order to minimize the, the accumulation of these stains and to help facilitate a, a bright, pretty smile, you need some level of abrasivity, but as low as it can possibly be and still get the job done. Mm -hmm. um, the point you made about having the same base level of fluoride but having different levels of uptake. There's actually a study about that, right? Was it Indiana? Yes, yes. Indiana, uh, uh, some years back, did a study mm -hmm. on that. Uh, they've changed, yeah, as mm -hmm. I recall, I think they changed the protocol how, how that's being done, and it's being done now by a lab that used to be part of University of Indiana. And Peter Allred, even as we speak, is, is working to recreate a contemporary study that can show mm. and verify that nice fluoride uptake once again. You mentioned before also not wanting to be restrained by the cost of materials. Um, you just said something in passing, but I was so impressed the other day when you were talking about this same story. The price of our toothpaste is a little bit higher than what people are accustomed to finding in the grocery store. Can yeah, you, it is higher. It can is you higher. talk about what they get in exchange for yeah. that small increase in price? Yeah. What you get is the ultimate in, in fluoride uptake, unsurpassed for that uh, uh, level of fluoride that's common to most toothpaste. You get a taste that encourages you to brush more as you feel refreshed and, and your mouth slick and clean. And uh, it, this is borne out by so many who have used it, mm -hmm. be it just using it when they got it in the kit with our opalescence tooth whitening, the bleach material, if you will. 
And yeah, once you use it, you discover, wow, I, I feel like I'm going to a less than ideal toothpaste to go back to my old one. Mm-hmm. So it, the proof is in the pudding. So I, I invite you to try it. You'll like it. And that's easy to do now. We now have a consumer store available at opalescence.com. Patients can buy the toothpaste themselves, even though it's not available on grocery store shelves. They can have it shipped, and shipping is free. Oh, that's lovely. That's great, Mel. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us about toothpaste today. You are most welcome, Mel. Thank you kindly. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. For a full archive of our podcast, please visit podcast.ultradent.com. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for an upcoming podcast, please call us at 800-268-9010.